warning. The Catholic Man Show contains high levels of manliness. If you think you may be too weak to withstand the manliness represented in the following program, please do yourself a favor and stop listening now. If you choose to continue in spite of this warning, if at any time you feel yourself overcome by the manliness, stop immediately and consult your closest medical professional. And now, for the not-so-fair, faint, or frilly, we present The Catholic Man Show. And welcome to the Catholic Man Show. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Adam and Ann here sitting with David Niles, not in studio. Not in our studio. No, not in a studio. Uh, We are actually at Mother Angelica's office right now at EWTN in Birmingham, Alabama, which is a bucket list uh, thing that I didn't even know was on my bucket list. That's what I was thinking. When we got here, we were just looking for, hey, do you guys have like a corner? Do you have a closet that we right, could like yeah. go record a it's show like in? Somewhere we can put up our stuff. And he, the guy, Greg, he's like, do you want to record in Mother Angelica's office? Like, Are we allowed to do that? Is, that? is that something that we can do? Are you serious? And so as we were getting everything set up, Father Mitch Packwell walks in, starts talking to us about hunting because right. he's an avid hunter. Yeah, it, was, it was so funny. He's over here. <laughs> Powdering his face, you know, putting makeup on because he's getting ready to go in front of the camera talking about hunting. It's just like <laughs> kind of an ironic conversation. Right. No, yeah. but it was so awesome. It was like, it was one of those, like, you just kind of sit back and go, is this, is this really, Dave, is, is this happening? Yeah. Is this happening right now? And then he's like, you guys coming to dinner tonight? I'm bringing some of the, what was it? He, Something. Uh, like some stag or, I mean, yeah. it's but, one of the things he has recently hunted mm-hmm. uh, to dinner. Yeah, so we're gonna we're actually here at EWTN for a Life on the Rock episode. So if you're listening uh, this week, then on Father's Day we're gonna be airing a uh, they're gonna be airing our episode on fatherhood uh, at Life uh, on Life on the Rock. Yeah. I think I think uh, here's what here's the deal. Dave. That's the plan. That's the plan. They told us that they're, we're actually gonna record two different episodes. We're gonna record one on fatherhood, and one on the Catholic Man Show. Yeah. And, and I think what they're gonna do is they're gonna say like try to figure out which one's gonna be maybe usable. I don't know, <laughs> uh, and air that one. I mean, Adam, let's be honest. You're a little bit of a loose cannon. I know. The okay. thing about me, they just don't know what you're gonna say. That I, I am because sometimes, sometimes I, you say things that are a little bit out of left field, bro. And I, you know, start spitballing really right. quick, and like people and, just don't know. And you'll pull stuff out of nowhere and just go down a rabbit hole. Sometimes, I and mean, you have to just rein me back in. I'm always. I feel like I'm always having to do that. I know. Just be like, hey, Adam, let's you know try to get back on topic. I you know. know the thing, that, the thing, the comment you're making is good, mm-hmm. but uh, you know we we're on a time we have time constraints. I don't know if you remember this. We we're recording a show, right? So uh, that's just a cross you have to bear. It is in, in the Catholic and, show. You know, I feel like I bear it pretty well. You're doing you're doing a good job overall. Yeah. So yeah, so we have a lot of things going on. We, we're doing this. We actually have the the Father's Day uh, ultimate giveaway that we're doing right now as well. We've, we've partnered up with Jonathan Conrad from the Catholic Woodworker. Yeah, who, who sponsors our show? He's a good friend of ours, and we decided we're going to do this big. 
We're gonna do the. We're gonna right. give away. Tell them, tell them what's in the giveaway. Well, there's a lot of stuff in the giveaway. First of all, there's the big Yeti cooler, mm-hmm. which I don't know how much that. It's like two hundred some. Two hundred dollars, yeah. If you go out and buy it, so this is like a. It's not the biggest Yeti they make. No, it's it, it's a twenty four roadie is what they call it. Okay, which is a good size. I mean, a good size mm-hmm. uh, to take around. Um, so we've got the Yeti cooler. It also has like a Yeti Rambler. The it's called the Rambler. It's basically like the like a mug, mm-hmm. you know. Um, it, we've got some coffee coffee in there from Guadalupe Roastery. Guadalupe Roastery. Mm-hmm. Some got Catholic- a case a case pocket knife. Mm-hmm. Some, some books, Catholic answers books. Some Catholic answers. Yeah, we have a, a Catholic Mancho. Uh, neck bar from or tie bar from uh, uh, Our Lady's Armory. Uh-huh. Over five hundred dollars worth of stuff we're giving away. Right. So and then the glasses and there are glasses and oh yeah and cat and so here's and what Jonathan did. Yeah, we can't forget about the glass, the the flight, flight. board. So what Jonathan did is he made one of a kind walnut live edge slabs flight boards for the for the Glencairn glasses. So if you're mm-hmm. hosting people or something like that uh, and you're all trying a scotch, you can. Walk out with the walnut live-edged flight board with all the Glencairn glasses. Yeah, which, and he, they they came out really super nice. nice. Yeah, and he only he only made them for this for the Father's Day giveaway. So if you go to thecatholicmancho.com, the first thing you'll see is the giveaway to enter. Uh, there's several different ways you can enter, so uh, go check that out. Make sure you do because we're going to be announcing that on June 21st, the day after Father's Day. The, we're going to be announce the winner, so we're going to give away the cooler, and then we're also going to give away four of those live edge uh, flight boards with Catholic Mancho Glencairn glasses. So there's going to be five winners total. Mm-hmm. So you're going to want to make sure to check that out. Yeah, and even the second place prize is really pretty sweet. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, oh, and I also wanted to give a shout out to a Catholic Mancho listener who sent us a a tweet the other day. She is a uh, a female Catholic Mancho listener, her name is Kate, and she uh, said like she just digs our show, and I was like, hey, I appreciate that. Right on. So I'm gonna give you a shout out. Thanks, Kate. Yeah. So thanks for tweeting at us. Yeah. So anyway, so we're here in Mother Angelica's studio. Let's just describe it a little bit. We weren't allowed to. U- we were not allowed to use video in here. Uh, I'm assuming that some of the the stuff in here is original. Yes. So I was here about five years ago on a EW10 Catholic radio conference, and at that time, they still had her executive desk in here. Now, they've taken out the executive desk, uh-huh. and they still had her chair and everything in there, but they still have her credenza uh, that, from from hers, and then this massive crucifix. It's a big crucifix. I, I mean, it's probably five feet, six feet tall. Uh-huh. And that was here. And it's really beautiful. It is very be- Beautiful. Yeah. You know, like the, t- I think you judge a crucifix by the corpus, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, that one is. So that's still there. Very they, they have a very beautiful uh, painting of, I, I don't remember what this painting is called, but it's the, it's our, our the Madonna oh. holding the Christ child. You have this one in your. No, I have the Lily one. It's the same. It's, it's the same, but not oh, the you angels. You don't have that one? Uh-uh. Okay. But it's, it's our, it's our lady I have that holding. one on a screensaver on my computer. Uh-huh. So I, I see it a lot. This picture, I mean, I wish we could remember the name, but all the faces of these angels are exactly the same. And I've I've looked at it before and thought, God, that would be so hard to paint the exact same face every single time. Yeah, so it's uh, Our Lady holding the Christ child with angels all around, and, and two of the angels are incensing. Uh, it's one of my favorites it's of, a of Our Lady. Painting. Yeah. 
Anyway, so so yeah, and then a big statue of Saint Joseph back here in the corner that would have been behind her desk. Mm-hmm. Um, there's the thing is like there's all this other art in here, and I just don't know the names of it. It's just right, but it's a pretty. It's it, really great. It's a uh, it's pretty cool just to know like otherwise she, it's a pretty regular room. Mm-hmm. But it's just really cool to think about like she she made deals in here. Like to make this radio station happen, to make Catholic radio happen uh-huh. and Catholic TV happen, EW10. Right. And her office is not up on the ex- on the executive because the executives all have their offices upstairs. Hers mm-hmm. is right here, just off, off of the, the studio, set, off the studio, off set. the set. Mm-hmm. Right. Apparently, this is the room. I believe now. It's been a while since I've read her biography. Uh, that Raymond Arroyo did, which, by the way, if you are an audiobook person, it is yeah. the, it is great. You, you gotta you gotta watch, listen to it. Uh, but I think this is the room that she had that healing take place, where she didn't have to use crutches anymore before she went out and did the radio show or did the TV show where she uh, started dancing. Remember, it was like Our Lady of Guadalupe, and she did the they had the maraca band there, and she started dancing and stuff. She went from uh, you know in crutches and wheelchair wheelchair to Dancing out there. It's incredible. Uh, so you think it was in here? I think I think the the audio the, the biography said that it was in her office right before she went out on on stage. Yeah. What do you think the like the cameramen and the people on the set were thinking? Mind blown. Yeah. She, it's like what? Right. She walked in. It'd be like that scene. You know that scene from Star Wars when Yoda fights Count Dooku. He's yeah. like he like walks in. I did not. He's got this cane. And he like drops a cane, and then he turns into like this lightsaber Mexican jumping bean. And it's just anyway. No, I don't. I imagine that. it was similar to that. Okay. Well, so for those who don't know, I didn't. We didn't really even say it, but Mother Angelica is the foundress of EWTN Catholic Radio, oh, yeah. Catholic TV. She's the one that basically started. She was a, a contemplative nun, Carmelite nun, uh, that is from Ohio and moved down to Birmingham, Alabama, to actually help. Uh, cultivate vocations for the African-American population. Mm-hmm. That was her original plan, was to start a contemplative order oh, really? uh, to, for the uh, African-American population here in Birmingham. Uh-huh. Uh, and then, you know, God takes a hold of, you know, you, you offer yourself up and you put yourself out there f- mm-hmm. for, for, for God, and he has plans for you. He uses the willing. Right. Which will kind of go really well in our topic today. Yes. But yeah, so Mother Angelica is an amazing woman. If you if you go back and you read her biography, a, a woman of much suffering. Mm-hmm. Uh, all through her childhood, she had a much suffering. She had a broken yeah. family. Mm-hmm. Uh, she you know she really struggled a lot in her even prayer life and uh, for for a while, all through high school, uh-huh. and then um, became a contemplative nun against really her mom's will. Uh, and, you know, she knew nothing about Catholic radio. She knew nothing about Catholic television, and yet she started everything. Right, yeah, and she was the one who started the radio and the television show. Right, so right. anyway, when we get back, we don't we, we don't have a drink today, obviously. We didn't mention that, but yeah. we, there's no drink today. We're going to uh, talk, talk, probably just jump in the topic, don't you think? Sure. Okay. Oh, no, we'll talk about it between the break we'll and be decide right. what we're going to do next. We'll be right back.
This segment of The Catholic Man Show is brought to you by The Catholic Woodworker. Go to thecatholicwoodworker.com for heirloom quality home altars, crucifixes, and rosaries. It's also the only place where you can get the official rosary of The Catholic Man Show. Type in promo code TCMS for 10% off all purchases. TCMS for The Catholic Man Show. CatholicWoodworker.com. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. I'm David Niles here with Adam Minahan. We're just here all by ourselves. We have no Juan. We have no Jim. We've got Jesus, uh, but you know it's it, it's feeling a little lonely. It is it compared is to compared to what you know our our, our regular habits of late. Um, but we are here at EWTN. Very excited to be here. We're once again recording inside Mother Angelica's old office um you know this is where everything went down all the big stuff happened i wonder what mother angelica would think if she watched an episode of the catholic man show i think she would laugh because we're hilarious maybe boom next question (laughs) that's good enough (laughs) we'll end there while we're on top yeah i mean she also was very funny she was she was hilarious she was funny like the pirate nun I mean, a lot of people knew her by that, yeah. Yeah, and she, I think, embraced it. Mm-hmm. You know, she embraced her crosses. Yeah, yeah. She, she was a great example of uh, showing, like, this is what suffering looks like. This uh-huh. is what suffering well looks like. Yeah, and doing it happily mm-hmm. and in public. Mm-hmm. Right. Not for the sake of getting the accolades, right? But, but just. Yeah, she and John Paul II did a lot. Yeah, both really good examples of that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we did decide to have to. We're doing a man gear. We have a man gear. So if you, this is your first time listening to the show, because we're getting a lot of new listeners right now. Oh yeah, uh, we're, good idea. Uh, there's three things we normally do on the show. We normally open review and enjoy a beverage. We normally highlight a man gear, and then we have a topic. Uh, today we're we don't have a beverage. Uh, it's afternoon. We're at EWTN. We're getting ready to record Life on the Rock. Yes. So there was a lot of things that we. There are a lot of things in, <laughs> impeding us uh, doing that. So, but uh, the idea is going is that we we, we wouldn't want to be like, intemperate, correct? In our in our consumption, correct. And we will always try to promote virtue on the show and talk about uh, things that Catholic men deal with on a day to day basis. So anyway. that's right. So the gear today is a Craig pocket hole jig, pocket hole jig, Craig jig. Mm-hmm. People might have different different words for it. Adam, what is a pocket hole jig? So a pocket hole jig is something that guides a drill bit down into a piece of wood to be able to basically cut like um, at an angle to where you can screw in a, a screw uh, without without people like actually seeing it. Yeah. Uh, so that way, like, there's a lot of times, you know, if you do just a butt joint to, to a, a piece, two pieces of wood, it doesn't really hold very well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not very sturdy a lot of people can't do it like a uh like a uh, mortise and tenor joint they can't do that like they don't have the skills to do that yeah. or, or um something like that so this this pocket jig pocket hole jig gives you the opportunity to 
stabilize it, stabilize mm -hmm. two pieces yeah. of wood. Well, it's a way of creating a joint mm -hmm. uh, between two pieces of, of wood at a 90 degree, typically at a 90 degree angle, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, yeah, because, tip, you know, like you said, you might just take, you know, if, if you're going to take two two-by-fours and put them together at a 90 degree angle, you might just put them so that one, uh, the length of one side overlaps the end of the other other board and just screw all the way through in into both of them, right? That, and that works just fine. I mean, it depends on what you're trying to do. Mm -hmm. um, but sometimes you need to put, uh, you, you can't get behind on the other side of the board to put a nail through it, okay? Right. And so now what are you going to do? Right. Or you want to hide the, you know, if you're doing cabinetry or something where you don't want hardware showing, showing on the outside of things when you're done. Um, this is a, a good way to create. Um, a, now, you still can see the hardware with um, when you use a pocket hole, but typically you'll try to put it so that it's, Hidden, you know, it's like, oh, on the, the side that maybe you won't see or, mm -hmm. you know, something. And it works really well. Yeah, I actually used it when I built my new my gate to the <coughs> fence. Uh, I used pocket hole, pocket hole jigs because it gave me the opportunity because everything, you know, ideally your fence is all 90 degrees, but that never happens, right? So you're always, you're sitting there with maybe at... Yeah, I mean, if you, you have know, a perfectly flat lawn... Right, and I don't, so... Nobody does. So you're like... Eh. I'm at 76 degrees or something like that. Yeah. And it's just hard to angle it. So I just pocket hole jig, uh, put put a pocket hole jig in there and pocket hole those uh, two by fours together. And it's a sturdy way to do it mm -hmm. um, because you're actually kind of doing, instead of the screws being at 90 degrees, you know, with some of the wood, it, it kind of goes 45 degrees across both pieces of wood. Right. Um, it's not really 45 degrees, but it's... It's at an angle. It's to at work. an angle. So I, I think it kind of like holds it a little tighter mm -hmm. than if you did it otherwise. Because you don't, you don't get the same wiggle, mm -mm. you know, if you just take go on the other side of the board and start screwing and in. And they actually have really nice uh, filler holes that you can put in, in, in uh -huh. there that you sand down, and it looks actually really nice. It, yeah. Um, Similar to like little oak buttons that you can put in there to, mm -hmm. to cover up your screw holes. Yeah, that are pre-made mm -hmm. to fit the the hole that you drill out. And also countersinks. So, you yes. know, the, the head of the screw will fit all the way into the wood. Mm -hmm. So if you're, if you're... They're also really easy to use. I mean, like when you buy it, it comes with, to say. When you yeah. buy it, it comes with all the hardware, like all the It has a vice, the it has stuff. the jigs, so that way you can... Some of them. Use. Some of them don't have a vice. Oh, okay. Um, the one I bought. So yeah. there's different ones that like uh, that have four holes on them. Mm -hmm. Some of them have one. Uh, the two. one I have only it has two. Yeah, um, that's the one I have. And I, I have the one that has two. It did not come with a a vice. A vice. Oh. Um, Mine has vice grips where it, it sinks it down. But yeah, really they make a, they make a, like a vice grip sort of thing that's specific for this. Yeah. Um, it's really good for if you're just getting into woodworking or if you are uh, a new homeowner or something like that and you have some home improvements that you have to to do, uh, it's a good tool to have in your yes. repertoire of, of tools. Yeah, I agree. I used it when I built a cabinet um, and I need to build another. That was actually what I got Pamela for her birthday last October was um, <laughs> another bookshelf to match the one I made. That I haven't built yet. Um, 
Uh, that I'll be giving to her this birthday. <laughs> yeah. So I told her, like, well, I'll get definitely get it done before your next birthday. But I think I actually use a pocket hole jig more for, like, rough construction. Um, like, if I'm repairing drywall and I want to put a new two-by-four that goes between the, uh, the studs, studs. Mm-hmm. so that I can have, like, another thing to nail the drywall. Well, how do you... You know, if, if you cut out a piece of drywall right between the studs, how are you going to screw this other two by four in between the studs? Right. A, a pocket hole is the only way to do it, really. Um, or, I mean, you could what they call toenail. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what essentially a pocket hole is. You're just toenailing the, the board in, except you're doing it better because you're pre-drilling it. And it's it gets... When you toenail, if you use screws and you try to toenail it in, it's likely to split the wood, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. which isn't going to happen. Right. So I think I actually use it, my pocket hole jig, more for like rough construction than finished um, finished uh, carpentry. Okay. But it, that's the great thing about it is it works. It's very versatile. It works for either one. Yeah. It's really good for making frames as well if you want to make a frame. Uh-huh. Uh, if you want to, I, I used it a lot on my woodworking bench as well. If you have just obscure things that you need, obscure pieces of wood that you need to slide in somewhere yeah. and stabilize, uh, it, it's really it's really nice. There's some people uh, like Deacon Kevin Satorius. He makes his own. He made his own jig. Like you can make your own jig, a pocket hole jig. I could see that. But um, the Craig brand is is really well known, and it's, it's. I mean, there's almost not even any competitors, just because. It's like every, but that's the one everybody has. I have the two hole one. I wish I had just spent a little bit more money and got the nicer four hole. Mm-hmm. Um, you just kind of have more options. Yeah, I agree. I uh, do too. But the one I have, it works great. So why do we pick this gear, Dave? Uh, well, because we're going to be talking about discerning and like kind of like what what it takes to go in the right direction sometimes. And the the pocket hole jig, that's what it does. Is if you need to get a screw in just this exact place, the pot, like the jig, it is going to guide that screw into exactly where it needs to go. And so like that's maybe what effective discernment is. It's taking you in, in the work that you're doing. You know, if you're applying action in a certain way, like discernment is going to help you apply it in exactly the right way or at least in a... Hopefully, at least in a better way, right? Yeah. Better way than what you're going. I mean, if you have perfect discernment, then yes, you would be going in exactly the right way. Right. So if you want to go check out more about the the pocket hole jigs, uh, it's kind of a solution that's easier for you when you're doing do uh, do it yourself projects, woodworking, uh, in order to create rock solid assemblies and la- long lasting repairs. I'm quoting from the. Is that from their, the website? From, from their website. But you can go to craigtool.com, and that's K-R-E-G tool. Yeah. They sell com. them on Amazon, too. Like, Sure. But so. but they have, and the, you can get the whole kit. It looks like the, the two-hole kit that we were talking about is at $129. Um, I don't think I paid that much for it. I don't, I don't remember. The actual, the actual, just without the without the whole kit, is actually only $40. So it's, I think that's what I did. And then I bought just a... Vice grips on my own. Yeah, so. yeah. So go check that out. Uh, it's it's a great great tool to have whenever you're, uh, especially when you're just bought a new home. Yeah, you have a lot of. It'll definitely increase your uh, K 
capabilities. Yeah. So when we get back, we'll, we'll continue to talk. Uh, we'll jump into the topic. We're on the Lord's team, the winning side. So raise your glass. Do you feel like God is calling you to go on a pilgrimage? Well, for the last 34 years, Select International Tours has been leading pilgrimages to holy sites all over the world. And you want when you go on pilgrimages, Dave, you want to make sure you have the great the best hotels, you're touring with the best guides, and every detail has been addressed. And that's exactly what you're getting with Select International Tours. So, for more information, go to their brand new website, selectinternationaltours.com. They have been a sponsor of the Catholic Man Show for a long time now. Even during the COVID pandemic, they were still sponsoring our show. A lot of other tour companies were really shutting down. These guys were consistent. So go to selectinternationaltours.com to find out more information about all the great pilgrimages they offer all over the world. Welcome back to the Catholic Man Show. Sitting here at EWTN in Mother Angelica's office, it is a bucket list that I didn't even know I had that I got to check off today. It's so awesome. Uh, we're going to talk about action. We're going to talk about discernment. We're going to talk about having to kill things in order to for new for uh, birth yet yeah, for new things to come about. You have to deconstruct sometimes to reconstruct. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And the reason why I wanted to talk about this, Dave, it, this is my topic, and uh, something just kept coming back to me in adoration this week uh, about just reflecting on the the big steps in my life of like the monumental turns in my life that I didn't realize at the time, but looking back, you realize, wow, this was a that was a big decision. Mm-hmm. Um, and had I not made that decision, it could have it would have affected. The trajectory of, of not only my life but my family's life, my wife's sure. life, my my children's life, and sometimes you don't realize at the in the moment when you're making those decisions, right? Like, wow, I like I'm really glad I chose that because I didn't take that up very seriously. Or thank goodness for my uh, guardian angel and the Holy Spirit, you know, because otherwise, right? Um, you know, I could have really really fumbled here. Uh-huh. But I was just thinking about right after college, you know, I was. We, you and I have very similar stories. Right after college, we mm-hmm. were we moved in together. We were taking our we started taking our faith more seriously, and there were like certain things that I just had, certain vices that I had just let into my life that I just w- wanted to hold on to. Yeah, you know, and it, I realized I wanted to take my faith seriously, uh, and in doing so, it it's going to require sacrifice. It's going to require some pain, uh. To, to kind of like your heart has to kind of break in order for Christ to come in, you know, and, 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 and build it back up, you know? Right. Uh, and I realized that I had let some things, some vices into my life that at the time I didn't know for sure if it was a sin or not. Right. I didn't know, like, cause I was still trying to learn. I was still trying to uh, understand just my life in general, like where, like, 
my vocation. So I wasn't sure if it was a sin, but I knew I really liked it. Mm-hmm. And I knew that uh, deep down, I, like after thinking about it, it was prohibiting me from doing other things. Sure. And so I remember talking to you about it. Uh, and I was like, and you said, like, Adam, why are you struggling with this so much? And I said, well, I just don't know if it's a sin or not. And I really like it. And uh, if it's not a sin, then I would like to keep doing it. And you go, just let it go. I sound really wise. You were like, just just stop doing it. Mm-hmm. And so I decided, like, right after I got off the phone with you, I remember going into my room, and I was, and Haley was uh, in the kitchen, I think, cooking dinner, and she was like, what's wrong? I was like, just give me just a second. Let me, uh, you know, uh, I'm going to go pray in, in, in the room. And so I went to my, went to my room, and I remember having, so this is like one of the first times that I had like some really serious prayer uh, where I felt, you know, like really felt Christ present. So a lot of times my prayer life is pretty dry, uh-huh. uh, but this was like one of those I think moments. that's normal. Um, and I remember saying, like, just opened my heart to him and just said, like, Lord, I don't know if this is a sin or not, mm-hmm. but I know that you know I really enjoy it. And so I'm just going to give it to you. And mm-hmm. I'm not going to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. And even if it's not a sin, you know that I'm giving this up for you because I love you. Right. And I want to grow in holiness. Mm-hmm. And so I said, I will, I'm, I'm making a pledge to you right now. I'm not doing this anymore. Yeah. And I felt this like sense of like just relief almost immediately. Uh-huh. Because it was, it's one of those decisions that, like, once you make the decision, you're like, okay, good. That the decision has been made, and I'm I'm not wrestling with it anymore. Yeah. And now looking back, it it would have prohibited me doing so many things mm-hmm. uh, that we that we do now. There's there's a good chance I would have never we would have never started a Catholic radio station. Right. There would there's a good chance we would have never started the Catholic Man Show. Um, I don't know how my family life would be, but at the time I didn't see it. I didn't, I didn't see that. I didn't see that I wasn't able to do like that was prohibiting me from doing things. I thought it was just okay. I thought it was just normal Mm -hmm. and that I was doing great and things were going great. And, uh, and it wasn't until I let it go. It wasn't until I said, I'm not, I'm not doing this anymore. And then afterwards, looking back, I realized all the missed opportunities I had when doing that, when doing that and yeah. uh, all the opportunities that presented themselves moving forward because I let that go. Yeah. You took a habit that, yeah, I mean, I've had, I've definitely, I've had habits in my life where I was thinking, you know, I'm not sure I, this isn't a sinful thing to do. Uh, I, well, at least, you know, where I really didn't know, but where I finally just came to the determination, I don't, I don't know if it's a sin or not. But I think, I believe I would be a holier person if I stopped doing this. Right. Okay. And so that I think applies to, I think all of us can relate to that. You know, whether it's the movies we choose to watch, for me, that's like a big thing that the the Lord has been putting on my heart lately, um, is that like when I watch a movie, it affects my imagination it, you know, it affects the things that I think about. Like often if I watch a movie the next morning when I'm praying, this, uh, scenario, you know, like if I'm getting distracted in prayer, it's because I'm 
thinking about the movie I watched last night or, you know, something like that. And so, uh, are those things that I'm doing, like the movies, I'm just using movies as an example. The movies I'm watching, are they making me holier? You know, am I going to be at my judgment? I think I'm going to regret spending time on watching, you know, like these movies. And I, you know, I think a, a lot of people might look at that and say, you know what, Dave, you're just being a prude, you know, you know, like, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you're worrying about it too much. You know, you're an adult, you can distinguish the good from the bad. And it's like, I know that I know I can. And that's why I'm not watching them mm-hmm. because I can distinguish the good. If I couldn't, you know, then it, I don't know, but like I, it makes it worse because if I know, like just take a, okay. Like James Bond. Uh, I watched one of the James Bond movies recently and you know, like when, uh, I skipped all the, like the inappropriate, the parts. inappropriate scenes, you know, it's like, Oh, I'll even skip those, you know, but still it's like, I should be guarding my innocence. Mm-hmm. I'm the only one who's going to do that. Nobody else is capable of preserving my own innocence. I'm a, you know, and I, I'm talking about my own innocence as a full-grown man. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Um, so we have to be willing to say, no, I'm going to pursue the highest goods. Because very often what sin is, is when we are rejecting higher goods for lesser goods. Mm-hmm. Uh, and these things become vices, which uh, grow into sins uh, venial sins, or even just a perverted good. It's not even what we perceive to be good, right? But it's not, right? Exactly. Like, oh, I'm gonna, you, you know, eat instead of fast on a, a day of fasting. You know, like food is good. Mm-hmm. It's actually it's a good thing. Um, eating is is a good thing to do. Uh, but if there's higher goods that we're having to reject, you know, so sometimes you have to kill. This is you know what we're getting going to get to is if to kill the the lesser good in order that the higher good can thrive right you know and so just back to the movies i just think i use that as a good example because i think a lot of people can relate to this you know um we've all or music music is another really good example Yeah, exactly um i mean is this at your judgment you know is this song is the music we're listening to the movies we're watching whatever the media we're consuming um is it making you holier? If it's not, then, then you need to stop doing it. You right. know what I mean? And, you, and you, I know what you're thinking right now. I don't want to stop doing that. You know, it's, no, it's not that big of a deal. Which I, is exactly, I really enjoy it. Which is the exact mind frame that I had when I started taking my faith seriously uh-huh. and realizing all these things that I was doing in my life. Right. Uh, but I like doing this and like, I, you know, I don't want to be a prude. I don't want to be the weird Catholic guy, yeah. you know, um, at, you know, that's, that was my mind frame at that time. Right. And then I realized, no, 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 no. Uh, this is a call to holiness. Right. And I want to be clear and we'll, uh, I have to come back to this. I think at the other side of the break again and again, I'm not talking about becoming a Puritan. Right. Okay. I'm not talking about, you have to reject, get you know, like nothing if it's not, crystal pure, like white as the driven snow can be in your life and in your, you know, like, no, I I understand. I'm not saying you can't watch movies. Right. I'm just saying, think about them. You know, are these movies, uh, bringing you closer to God? You know, if these, if this is your last 
two hours on earth, which it might be, you, know, you never know. Is this how you want to spend it? You know, mm-hmm. like we should be striving for the greatest goods mm-hmm. and not comfortable, not settling for lesser goods. Right. Um, and I say that as a guy who loves, mo- I, li- I like movie night, you know, uh, I'm going to keep movie nights not going anywhere in my house, you know, like mm-hmm. Pamela and I, we, we like, like to watch a movie every now and then, you know? Right, right. But a lot of times it's whenever we don't have our appetites under control. Right. When our appetites are driving our actions instead of our actions driving our appetites. Right. Uh, that's when we realize, oh, something is disordered here. Something is, is not allowing me to see truth the way it really, to see reality mm-hmm. the way it is. Um, I'm so glad you said that. I'm blind. I'm being blinded. So I want to talk more about. I'm going to pick that point up. Okay. On the other side of the break, we'll be right back. Man show David Niles here with Adam Minahan. We're channeling the uh, spirit of Mother Angelica during this episode. Uh, no, certainly, it has to be right. The eleventh commandment should be "Be bold." Yeah, that's what she said. She said that. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. And if it wasn't for uh, other people, we would all be holy. Yeah, that's true. It's <laughs> it's everybody else's fault. They're like <laughs> all my sins. Yeah. It's like. I really relate to Adam in that way in the garden. It's not like, me. No, not you. Definitely not me. You're a big sinner. Yeah. Not relating to you. Yeah. Relating to Adam. Yeah. He's like, that woman here, that Pre- woman, God, like, if you remember God, I was doing great. But I wasn't. Until, like, you bought the, put this woman here, and now she's like. Bone of my bone and flesh of my, f- oh, wait, that's not the part you're talking about. No, she's, like, trying to get me. She, like, for, she force-fed me. Yeah. Anyway. Um so right before the break, Adam, you were talking about how it's like our appetites mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, when they're not ordered well. And I hate, I hope I'm not beating a dead horse, but I had to just notice in my own life when I end up watching a movie that like <laughs> later on, I think, you know what? And that was it. It's not like a sin that I watched James, that I watched a Bond movie. Uh, but it wasn't, it's because I, I have this like, ooh, I want to watch a movie tonight. It's not that I want to watch like, oh, there's a good movie that I want to watch. Like I have found something good let, like, and now I want to reach for it. I just like have an appetite for movies and I want to watch. And so like I go and watch one. Is it a good one? I don't know. I just need to watch a movie because I have an appetite that I am not saying, you know, if I don't have something good to reach towards and I'm just satisfying a craving, whether it's hunger or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're eating just because you're hungry, you know, that's not uh, a well-ordered appetite, you know, whether hungry for fill in the blank, you know, so I just notice in my own life, you know, it's when I just have this, this hunger for something, which is normal. You're going to have desires for things. Mm -hmm. Um, and movies are good. 
So like it's normal to have a, an appetite for them. But if I'm just satis- if I'm just watching a movie to satisfy the appetite, now all of a sudden I'm relinquishing control of my passions to the passions themselves instead of uh, me being the one who's mastering them. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times it's really interesting when you when you kill the you know when you kill these appetite or you know these, these disorders. Uh-huh. This is what brings in creativity. You know, whenever like you no longer are are just tied down by all of these uh, appetites and you're not letting them drive, then all of a sudden you're able to have this holy leisure. You're able to have this moment of creativity that you wouldn't yeah. be able to have otherwise, mm-hmm. which breeds uh, contemplation, which bre- you know brings in reality itself and not a uh, blindness in sin of uh, uh, reality, yeah. if that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, yeah, when having control of your passions, your appetites, is the only way, uh, you know, that's the, that's the, the purpose, of, you know, of the rational right. part of our soul. So it, it, if that's not in control, then you can't really be creative. You can just be passionate, okay? Because if you're not the one in control of the powers of, you know, the faculties of your person, mm-hmm. then they're in control of you. And you're not being creative. You're being like thrown around, you right. know, like something might happen. <laughs> right. You know, like, yeah. Uh, but it's not you being creative, y- right. you know, so. And the ultimate, you know, sacrificing, the ultimate like killing of, of something for a greater good. You see this all throughout, obviously, the Bible and all, and the sacraments, you know, you're, you're, you're dying to self and marriage mm-hmm. uh, for a higher good of uniting man and woman as one. Right. Um, you know, when, and that love that happens between a man and woman manifests into children, you know, and it's yeah. only another step of dying to self. Like when you get married, you realize, oh, I'm dying to myself in order to put my wife, you know, ahead of myself, you know, to, to, to serve her. Mm-hmm. And then, and you think, okay, I'm doing a great job. And then this love that you have for her, this self-sacrificial love that you have for her manifests into a child a lot of times. Yeah. And then you realize, oh, I have even more sacrifice. Like, I even have more to give. Right. And, and, and once you start realizing that you have more to give, it's not like the love multiplies. It's not like, oh, now I'm at 100%. Like, you have another child, you think you're at 100%. Mm-hmm. And now it's like, no, 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 it multiplies. I have more to give. Right. Love is not a factor of time. You know that, oh, I only have so much time to love people. Right. I'm going to run out of, like, you're going to run out of love to give. It actually doesn't work that way at all, right? Because every, like, if you add more children to your family, you're not actually loving your your kids less. Right. You actually end up loving them more, right? Mm-hmm. Because now you there's, because love is shared, right? And so now there's more to share. Right. You know, like, I'm now sharing uh, my first daughter's love with our new son, you know, like we couldn't do that before. And so now there's actually more love between me and my daughter. Right. 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 And so, yeah, it's, it's definitely not a, it's not a zero sum game. Right. And so, I mean, you can see this all, you know, you kill the vice and you grow, you can grow in virtue. You have a self-sacrificial life and you grow, you know, in holy marriage as a family. Mm -hmm. And ultimately, I mean, the, the obvious pointer is is to the cross, right? right. He, when Christ is on the cross, he, the crucifix was uh, crucifixion was was a horrible thing. We committed deicide. Yeah, you know, we killed God, but but without the cross, without the crucifixion, without Him dying on the cross, the resurrection wouldn't happen. Right. And so there's I 
I guess really what I was wanting to make sure to drive home in this episode was there are, there are guys out there that are listening who are living or like or who are existing but not fully alive. There are guys out there who are being have this itch maybe to to join a ministry within the church to to uh, help with in the, in their local parish to maybe join Knights of Columbus to maybe start a ministry. I don't know. I mean, there's there's some there's guys out there yeah. that are having these. They know itches. what it is. Yeah, and they're either worried that they're not going to do it, that that they can't do it. Pride. I don't know what it, they they have to give right. up something in order to make this happen. But you have to do it. Yeah. I mean, it's just like you have to be willing to do it. Anyway. You have to be willing. That I so I'll, I'll just tell you. I have found that. I've had moments in prayer where I'm telling God, Lord, I just want to do your will. If you tell me what it is, anything, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm like saying that. And then I kind of realize that it's like, well, unless You're this, there's actually there's one thing that I don't I don't want to do. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do like it, I just remember like, actually, Lord, I don't want to quit my job. Right. I don't want to do that. Right. Uh, don't ask me to do that. And then I realized like. Oh, actually, I am holding something back. Here I am saying with my lips, anything, Lord. But with my heart, I was saying something else at the same time. And I, I had a moment. This was, it was a grace where I realized this. And I just said, and it didn't change that I didn't, it didn't change my, how I felt. I still didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. But at least it allowed me this moment of where I could say, actually, God, uh, there's this one thing I don't want to do. I'm afraid. Lord, I, I'm actually afraid that if I surrender all of me to you, that you're going to ask me to do this one thing. And I, I'm, I'm afraid to do that. Uh, and like, help me. You know, it, it allowed me to take this fear I had and like even offer that to him. Yeah, to make yourself even more vulnerable. Not that Christ doesn't already know this. He, you have to trust him. Right. You have to be willing to trust him. And it's, uh, you know, uh, it's scary. I mean, it really, it's weird to think that like, oh, putting your hands in Jesus, in you know, surrendering your life to Jesus is scary. It is scary because there are things that, oh, what if I have to do, you know, like, what if this is the, what he asked me to do, you know, and there, I don't want to, I don't want to do that, you know, but no, look, his plan, right? It, it, it's the best. Yeah. I mean, your life could not be, could not be filled with more joy than if you are just doing exactly what he wants from you. Right. And like Mother Angelica said, you know, you have to do the, the ridiculous for God to do the miraculous. Uh-huh. You know, here is a contemplative nun, you know, starting a media empire. Right. Uh, which is just not who you would picture starting a media empire. Right. But God miraculously put everything in motion and put everything in place for her to succeed. Right. I mean, and that's that's just the way it is. And I, I'll just tell you that when I have had these you know, you could call them breakthrough moments in my own life. And not that I am, you or I are like the paragon of like, I'm not trying to say. No, like, I hope we're not coming oh, off that way. Right. That's not. I'm just saying I have had moments like this. And I, when I look back on them, I realize God had this huge good, like his change in my life, like a uh, something, this great gift he was waiting to give to me. I, but I needed to open myself up to receive it. And I, there were these little things in my life where I, once again, I was, I was holding on to these lesser goods mm-hmm. and God had a greater good. He was just like, is, 
like open your hands. My hands were clutched onto this, this lesser good. Finally, when I was willing to let those, that thing go and let it float away, like out of my life, my hands were open and I could receive, you know, this greater good that, and it was like, wow, you know, was I holding on to that last, you know, that thing was stupid. Right. And then once you do that, you realize that, you know, your, your prayer life is, is getting more in order. Right. Uh, you, you know, your, your family is now getting better. You're better at leading your family because you're self-sacrificial, loving them. You, uh-huh. you know, you're not putting yourself first. You're not holding on to those vices. Right. You're thinking of others. Uh, you're, you're helpful in the community, the Catholic community. Mm-hmm. So I just challenge you guys, if you, if you guys are listening right now, like, take it to prayer, go to adoration. Adoration is the best place, I think, to contemplate, like, prudently what you should be d- doing in your vocation, how, mm-hmm. how to live out your vocation more, and ask what he wants of you. Be willing to give him every single piece of your life, your your leisure, your work, all of it. And, and it's not easy to do. It's not. It's it, going to be painful. It's a little bit scary, and but it's, it's beautiful. Anyway. All right, let's go Let's go record a Life on the Rock, you want to? Yeah, let's do it. All right. We're on the Lord's team. The winning side. So raise your glass. And cheers to Jesus. <laughs>